0: Well, hello there. Time again for the Florida Roundtable. I hope you're enjoying your weekend. I am Melissa Fox. We've got a great show for you planned as always. We'll be talking about the new Mayo Clinic weight loss for life, the power of positivity. You know what? I absolutely love smiling. Yep, and I'm gonna teach you how to as well. The Marine corps they've got a wonderful scholarship foundation For children of military parents, we'll talk about that. Oh, goodness, 40 years of veterinary advances. Let's talk about pets. And do you cage your dog in a crate or a cage? We'll talk about why that's horrible for them. Uh Uh-huh, I know you're going to want to hear all of that. Sure. (laughs) It's all coming up, I promise, on this week's Florida Roundtable on the Florida Talk and Entertainment Network. So stay right there. We'll be right
1: back.
2: On the road, there's a thin line between safety and tragedy. Don't cross it. Give law enforcement, first responders, and service professionals the space needed to do their jobs. When you see flashing lights, move over a lane. Or slow down 20 miles an hour below the posted speed limit. See lights? Move over, Florida. It's common sense, it's common courtesy, and it's the law. Brought to you by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles.
3: If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject
4: daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-513-1652. 800-513-1652. 1652 That's 800-513-1652.
5: Attention people with Medicare and anyone turning 65. Are you enrolled in the best Medicare plan available? The average Medicare beneficiary has a choice of 54 Medicare plans, 766 Medicare Part D prescription drug plans, and a record 3,834 Medicare Advantage plans. How do you know you have the right plan? Simple. Call 800-571-7025. That's 800-571-7025. The service is free. You may find a plan with a $0 monthly premium, $0.00 copays and $0 deductible. Don't gamble. Speak to a licensed agent to find out which plan is right for you. Call 800-571-7025. That's 800-571-7025. 800-571-7025. And let Best Medicare do the work for you.
0: So Harold Odie Venn. Updorp joined the Marines Scholarship Foundation, the whole deal, 2021, served in the Marine Corps for 30 years, retired as a colonel, by the way, and now, uh, well, he was chief of staff for a while for the Undersecretary of Defense and the Secretary of the Navy, and in his role as chief operating officer, Odie oversees several departments, and guess which one we've got with us today. It's the Marine Corps Scholarship Program. Odie, welcome to the show. Can I call you Odie?
6: Uh, that's perfectly fine, Melissa. Thanks for having me this morning.
0: Okay. Well, I'm glad to have you. You want to explain to me a little bit about the scholarship? It looks like you have a record-breaking donations.
6: Um, we do. And so uh, first about the scholarships, what the Marine Corps Scholarship Foundation does is we're really focused on honoring Marines, honoring their service and their sacrifice and their selflessness. Um, Melissa, how we primarily do that is we provide scholarships so their children can go to college or can pursue a certification in a technical field Um, and the gift that you're talking about is uh, recently we announced a sixty five and a half million dollar gift from the former chairman and CEO of FedEx mr. Fred Smith a marine himself
0: oh I see how this works this is awesome now the Marine Corps Scholarship Foundation um, it helps out Marines as you say Part of that money, though, what does that go for? What is the Brown-Hudner Navy Scholarship Foundation?
6: Um, the Brown-Hudner Navy Scholarship Foundation, Melissa, is an organization that we have created um, by virtue of the gift from Mr. Smith. Part of his reason for coming to us is because he, he trusts what we do and how we run our program. Um, and he uh, is interested in memorializing the legacy of Jesse Brown and Tom Hudner the two men for whom the scholarship is named. Um, the story of Jesse Brown and Tom Hudner is fascinating. It's that uh, Jesse Brown, the first African-American naval aviator, and Tom Hudner, a Naval Academy graduate, come together in 1950 to serve as wingmen uh, flying uh, in support of the Marines in Korea. Uh, there's a book that details the account of their story and how they developed the relationship and what was a very trying time in the United States regarding race relations. The title of the book is Devotion. The author is Adam Makos. Uh, Fred Smith got wind of the story, got wind of the book, and along with the assistance of his daughters and their production company, Black Label Media and Sony Pictures, um, he created the movie Devotion based on the book that captures the great story of these two true American heroes and patriots and all they did for their country. Uh, And he will use the money that comes in from the proceeds of the movie to fund the gifts to both the Marine Corps Scholarship Foundation and the Brown-Hudner Navy Scholarship Foundation. And that, again, Brown-Hudner is all about honoring the legacy and sacrifice and bravery of Jesse Brown and Tom Hudner.
0: What a great story. We're talking with Harold O. D. Van Opdorp. Now, you uh, have just been in here a couple of years with the Marine Corps Scholarship Foundation. You enjoying yourself?
6: Uh, I'm having a blast. This is a great intersection of, of doing something new and different after being a Marine for 30 years, but still uh, the ability to, to be around Marines in the Marine Corps and to help so many Marines who, you know, made me a success for 30 years.
5: Wow.
0: Hey, um, I'm sure some of our former Marines out there are uh, wondering how they could be eligible to apply for these scholarships, et cetera. Where would they be able to go for more information?
6: Uh so we'd like all of um, you know the Marines out there and those and children of Marines particularly that are heading to school to go to mcsf.org. Uh, there you can find answers to all your questions about what we do at the scholarship foundation. Um, you can also find important links to our scholarship application, which is open now and will be open through the beginning of March, March first. Uh, but most importantly, Melissa, you can read about some of the great stories of the young men and women who have used the scholarship to get their college degree and to talk about all the great things that they are doing now that they have a college education. So MCSF.org to get all the information uh, you're looking for.
0: Well, Odie, I just want to tell you thank you so much for your service and also for helping out to provide for Marines and their families, especially Navy sailor kids who are studying STEM and health sciences, et cetera. This is a great opportunity. As you said, MCSF. Org for more information on the Marine Corps Scholarship Foundation. Hey, uh, thank you so much, Odie, for joining us today, and thanks for what you do.
6: Melissa, thanks for having me, and thanks for what you do. Have a great day.
0: You too, sir.
7: I love the ocean. Me? I love a slow, winding river. I love the lake, slick as glass. But nothing compares to what you love inside the boat. My family. My child. My best friend from first grade.
3: If you're behind the wheel of a boat, pay attention. That way your favorite water will always be safe water. Learn more about boating safety at myfwc.com. Brought to you by the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you
4: get it. 800-398-0651. 800-398-0651. 800-398-0651. That's 800-398-0651.
8: Hello, I'm Hector Elizondo, Emmy Award-winning actor, and I want to talk to you about getting older. My body hurts, my joints ache, and sometimes I forget. I forget that doing all your own scenes for a movie isn't always the best decision. Especially when you're galloping side saddle down a countryside road on a horse named Archibello, who seems to have only one speed high. And pulling on his reins only seems to encourage him to go even faster. <laughs> So, of course, my body hurts and my joints ache, but it's not because of my age. It's because I'm living my life. Oh, oh Archibello!
7: Don't let life pass you by.
9: Take care of your brain health. It may just help you stay on top of your game. As soon as this scene wraps,
8: I'm going to kiss the ground, thank Archibello for his outstanding performance, feed him a carrot, <laughs> and visit brainhealth.gov. Find out how you can make the
9: most of your brain as you age at brainhealth.gov.
0: From diagnostic imaging to detecting tumors in aquatic animals, doubling the lifespans of dogs for the last 40 years, remarkable breakthroughs in veterinary medicine have transformed diagnoses, treatment, and the quality of life of animals of all kinds. I've got Gene O'Neill with me right now, Dr. Dana Varble as well. Gene is the chief executive officer of the North American veterinary community. Oh, and Dr. Dana Varble, you're chief veterinary officer as well. Hi, I welcome. <laughs> Hi.
4: Thank you.
0: Tell us first off, will you, about some of the advances that have happened in veterinary medicine. I, I mean, I just briefly glanced over it, but what's going on?
10: Yeah, I mean, the exciting thing is we're here at VMX celebrating our 40th anniversary, and we realize that dogs are living twice as long today as they did 40 years ago. Um, We know we've got new medications that have come onto the market over the last 40 years, and that medications are more specifically being designed for dogs or for cats. Um, coupled with advancements in things like surgery and nutrition we've really been able to not only extend the lifespan of dogs and cats but improve their quality of life in those later years as well
0: Wow and Jean uh, who's is that an adorable dog sitting next to you
11: <laughs> yeah, Well, yes it is this is my grand puppy rusty he's uh, he's a year old he's a golden doodle and as dr. Dana said uh, we can now expect rusty to live about 12 years Uh, Whereas 40 years ago, his life expectancy would have been much, much shorter.
0: Ah, I see that. So these advances have definitely helped our dogs. Now, I like rescue dogs myself, which gives us a little of a conundrum. We never know exactly how old they are. But I treat them all like puppies, as I've said in the past. So what advances have launched over the last few years, Dr. Dana? And what are some of the innovations that they're showing at the dog show um, this year at the expo?
10: Well, yeah, you know, like I mentioned, um, there's a lot of new medications, and we're still seeing even new ones come out this year. So, I think of a a disease called feline infectious peritonitis. We're expecting a new medication to come out this year, and that disease used to be nearly 100% fatal. That new medication, that disease is now almost 100% curable. So, that's really amazing to think about, coupled with things like new preventative medications, things like better medication for heartworm and fleas. Those medications are safer for dogs now, and they also reduce the risk of spreading diseases from dogs and cats to the people that love them, that live in their own house. And don't forget that veterinarians are also always involved in our food system and what they've been able to bring to farm animals means we have more food production with reduced waste and better efficiency today
0: wow that's dr dana varble she is from the uh, Amer- navc which actually stands for the north american veterinary community gene o'neill is with us as well he's the ceo for them and uh, you guys this is awesome right we were at this wonderful expo uh, celebrating 40 years of animal health care innovation. How is the Expo going so far?
11: Oh, it's, it's really been a phenomenal year for us. We have close to 28,000 of our closest friends in the veterinary professional field. We have over 650 exhibitors exhibiting the newest technologies and medicines available in the field. It's really been a lot of energy here this week. It's really been exciting.
0: I love this. It's an interactive event as well. I've been to several of them. Uh, kittens and puppy adoptions going on at the expo hall too um yeah and what about these careers I, had, I do have a question and is that uh veterinary medicine do we still see kids coming up and thinking that's what i want i want to be a veteran a veterinary uh you know doctor because it <laughs> yes, happened
11: uh, sure sure okay uh, good absolutely good it's, it's uh It's actually actually exploding with the the younger generation, because more people are owning pets these days. We have almost 70 percent of households have a pet, and they're seeing what it's like to take care of them. So we were proud enough to host 24 middle schoolers this week and get them really to understand what it's like to to be a veterinarian for a day. So they they were able to dress as a veterinarian, work on model dogs for things like, like emergency care and surgeries. And they really, really got excited about it. So I can see that they're at that time in their life where they're trying to decide what they want to do. And we just gave them the opportunity to say, if you want to get in the field, here's a great time to do it. And here's what what it looks like.
2: Oh,
0: this is fantastic. Uh, Dr. Dana, can you tell us some of the key things that you've seen so far at the expo? Anything unusual as well?
10: (laughs) You know, I think we're seeing, just like in human medicine, we're seeing more non-invasive ways to test our animals for diseases and do surgery, so we're seeing something like heat diffusion imaging, which can be used to evaluate those lumps and bumps that older dogs get and decide if there's any chance they're cancer if we need to proceed. Um, We're also seeing some great preventative care for aging dogs so that we can really kind of slow down that process. We also always like to have fun, so we're seeing cool sessions on things like ultrasounds on whales and dolphins, microsurgery on hedgehogs with breast cancer, oh and we're even talking about how you can spay a hamster that is smaller than your hand.
0: <laughs> oh, this is fantastic. Uh, <laughs> this is only open to veterinary specialists though, is that correct? It's an annual no, meeting. No
10: veterinary specialists. You know, we, here we host veterinarians, veterinary nurses, and technicians practice managers, and everyone involved in the animal industry
0: is here this week. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I've got a couple of interviews coming up as well with more pets and such, but right now, we got to thank Dr. Gene or rather, Dr. Dana Barbel and uh, Gene O'Neill for joining us and helping us out because this is great. 40 years and the advancements really are incredible in the veterinary industry. Thanks so much for doing what you two do. We really appreciate you sharing it with us here on the Florida Roundtable as well. You're very welcome. Thank Thank you. And as I said, coming up, we've got more, more veterinary stuff, more dog things. Stay tuned. It's the Florida Roundtable. We're going to the Mayo Clinic for the medical director, Dr. Donald Hensrud, and special guest, Donna Berger. Did I say that right? No. So anyway, tell us a little bit, folks, about, uh, well, first of all, Dr. Hensrud, what's the leading cause behind people not being able to lose weight and keep it
11: off?
9: Well, there are many causes, as people know, but we think key, key features are having a good plan and approaching it in the right way. And the Mayo Clinic diet is more than a diet. It's a lifestyle change program. We want to help people not only lose their weight, but more importantly, improve their health and feel better in the process. It's realistic, it's practical, and it's enjoyable enough to be sustainable.
0: That makes sense. Now, Donna's with us as well, Berger. Got it right that time, no? No. Okay, good. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Berger. Okay, anyway, what's your experience? Are you on this new Mayo Clinic diet?
12: So, yes, I've been on it for a while now, and I've lost a total of 110 pounds, and it's just a really enjoyable program for me. I've learned a lot, and I've changed my mindset from – Temporary, immediate gratification to learning that it's a lifestyle. You know, there's a lot of programs out there that are restrictive and gimmicky. And, yeah, you lose the weight during it, but once you get off of it, for myself, I gained the weight back, if not more. And I didn't learn anything. With Mm -hmm. the new Mayo Clinic diet, I'm being retaught how to view food and how to use it for fuel instead of for, you know, say, when I'm angry or bored or sad. That's what we do a lot in America is we use food to suppress feelings or to, you know, eat too much. But I have found that with the diet assessment, the new Mayo Clinic diet's larger mission is to inspire hope and promote whole health.
0: I love it I love it now a lot of folks reported being maybe underweight or having the normal weight and they 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 had you know healthier food intake that helps but a lot of folks freely admit look I'm fat I'm overweight I'm obese does that mean they just resigned themselves to that
9: well many people do they get frustrated because the way they've gone about it it's very very challenging we all know that but we want to as Donna mentioned give people hope give them a realistic plan that can help them manage their weight and improve their health. You know, many people say, when I was more active, when I was eating better, when I weighed less, I felt better. And we want to build on that with the Mayo Clinic Diet Plan.
0: Okay, so Dr. Hensrud, how about a couple of simple tips you can offer us to help us improve our health and make better lifestyle choices?
9: Many programs are based on restriction, as Donna said. One thing is to eat more but eat more of uh, fresh or frozen fruits and vegetables and healthy food. There's a lot of great food out there. And learning simple ways to prepare it and to change what we're eating, people can do that more easily than what they think. And that also involves changing habits. You know, we get caught in eating the same thing over and over again. People underestimate their ability to change. And in our two-week jumpstart phase, we help people change habits. Suddenly they, it empowers them, and they realize, this, I can do this. I can keep going on this. So those are just a couple
0: of quick tips. Those are some great tips as well. Donna Borger is with us. And uh, how's your experience been? Are you now a certified nutrition coach as well?
12: So because of my weight loss journey and my hope to help others become healthier, I obtained my certification as a nutrition uh, coach. And I help others. I coach them, provide them with accountability, and basically they're virtual cheerleader. I, I make sure that they know that this is a lifestyle change, it's not a temporary diet, and you need to be ready for that. It's not something that you wake up and go, oh, I have to eat healthy today, or oh, I have to exercise. We have to, as humans, realize that it's the, you know, the satisfactory of being able to do so. And by eating healthy and being more active we're living a healthier lifestyle
0: almost oh, definitely so according to a new Mayo Clinic study one out of five Americans are not getting enough of the right foods to comprise a healthy diet let alone dieting uh, surprisingly though retirees congratulations y'all have the healthiest diets followed by educators and healthcare workers and of course those with the lowest scores let's go for it laborers homemakers, and people who work in the food service industry. It's just too easy to snack, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so with us today, we've got Dr. Hensrud, and we have Donna Borger, and they are both helping us out with the new Mayo Clinic diet. Now, Dr. Hensrud, this is your diet. is uh, You have two different cookbooks out, right?
9: Well, we've had a number of cookbooks. Our latest one is Cook Smart, Eat Well, uh, and that's designed to help people. It gives people simple tips that they can use to apply Uh, these recipes into the Mayo Clinic diet plan
0: oh fantastic I also understand there's an online assessment Um, tell us a little bit about some of the findings that might surprise us about the online assessments
9: well people take the online assessment before they start and it enables them to get an idea about their habits one of the really encouraging things we found was that the number one reason for changing their diet was health and we're all about that at Mayo Clinic so we can help people reach their goal of improving their health it doesn't have to be drudgery. It can and should be an enjoyable way to live.
0: Oh, fantastic. Hey, where can we go for more information, Dr. Hensrud, on this diet, the Mayo Clinic Diet?
9: People can just search on mayoclinicdiet.com or just search online, Mayo Clinic Diet. They can find our book, our journal, and our online program with many different tools to help them in their, in their program.
0: Ah, thank you so much. Hey, you know, I'm going to check it out myself, and I encourage my listeners to do the same. Thank you so much, Dr. Hensroot and also Donna Borger, for helping us out today and making us realize that we can lose weight and keep it off healthy as long as we do it with the Mayo Clinic Diet. And, uh, yeah, good for you, good for us. Thank you so much for sharing this with us today on the Florida Roundtable.
2: Thank you, thank very you. Much.
0: You're listening to the Florida Talk and Entertainment Network.
1: Growing up with a brother with autism, Sarah Cronk witnessed firsthand how kids with disabilities felt left out by their peers. It's why at the age of 15, Sarah approached her cheerleading coach with an idea, to include girls with disabilities on her school's cheer team. Well, what started out as an inclusive high school cheer team in a small town in Iowa has led to what is now known as Sparkle Effect, a thriving nonprofit with over 180 cheer teams across the United States, bringing students with and without disabilities together through cheerleading. The result, more confidence, higher grades, and better school attendance for kids with disabilities. And for those without a disability, new friends and a greater empathy. You wanna learn more? Well, visit disabilitycampaign.org, where we have posted a link to the fabulous work known as the Sparkle Effect. We're here early before they wake up. We stay late. We stay informed. We invest in the latest technology.
9: We take the time to train the next generation of doctors and nurses. We work together to make sure we heal their bodies and their minds.
12: We do this not because it's our job, but because this is about our veterans' lives. This is our mission, more than 300,000 of us working as one, together with families and loved ones. No matter where they live in this country, we'll be there.
7: We all come together and stand together to serve our veterans. We stand strong, united. Stand with us in caring for our veterans. Imagine. Imagine being denied an apartment because of your religion, or your race, or because you have children or a disability.
13: It's so wrong.
7: Yes, but who has the power to stop this? You do. Each of us has the power. The law is on your side. It's illegal for landlords to discriminate because of race, color, religion, sex, national origin, disability, or familial status. If you suspect that you have experienced housing discrimination, file a complaint with HUD immediately so we can investigate it fair housing is your right use it to learn more visit hud.gov/fairhousing that's hud.gov/fairhousing or call 1-800-669-9777 1-800-669-9777 a public service message from HUD in partnership with the National Fair Housing Alliance
0: it's the Florida Roundtable. And with me next, author Scott White, a man on a mission. To make the world happier. One smile at a time. Yes. His endless energy motivating and inspiring everyone to focus on happiness. Uh-huh. Gratefulness and positivity. And with that in mind, his newest book, Life is Too Short Guy, that's Scott White. He's gonna give us a practical roadmap for making the most of every minute. Please welcome Scott White. Hi. Hi, Melissa. How are you? I am doing quite well. I got a chance to leap through your new book. Again, uh, Life is Too Short, Guy. The Life is Too Short, Guy. Um, why did you write this book, Scott?
2: Yeah, Melissa, I was... I, I, so first of all, I'm a very happy, energetic guy. And over the years, people have said to me over and over again, I wish I could take some of that energy and positivity, put it in a jar, and share it with others. And mm-hmm. then, as we went through COVID and I... I watched the world around me and, and look, the, these were some challenging times. We dealt with COVID and we dealt with we continue to deal with political divides in America. We look at war in Europe and, and it's so easy to be negative that I decided I'd go on a mission to change that. I wanted to change the national dialogue instead of focusing on negativity and focusing on you know, I saw a study recently that, that the University of Chicago did a did a research poll, I think about two years ago. And they—the headline was Americans are more unhappy than they've been in fifty years. Think about that—a half a century. Americans are more unhappy than they've been in in half a century. We live in the greatest country at the greatest time in society in human evolution, and Americans are unhappy. I'm on a mission to change that. I want to share some of this happiness <laughs> with the world.
0: That is fantastic. I think you got a—I think you got a good grip on getting that change now. Um, <laughs> attitude is everything i know that because i walk around one of the most positive people in the world honestly scott uh i always have a smile on my face i think it's just natural for me but people often comment on that they're like look at you're always smiling are you just oblivious to what's going on no no i'm not but like you i find humor in everything and i think that might be key to why i'm so happy what do
2: you think scott No doubt. Look, I think you just brought up a couple of the principles and tools from the book. Let's start with the smiling. It's so easy. Right now, as your listeners are listening to this, they could smile for a second, smile for a couple of seconds, smile in the car, smile when you get home today, smile when you get to the office, smile when you're making dinner. All right, enough with the smiling, right? I got it. No, the point is you could keep smiling. It doesn't hurt. It feels good. It feels good for you. It's easy. It feels good for those around you. It's been proven to generate uh, chemicals in the brain that make you happier, Second point you made, funny things are everywhere. It's the title of one of the chapters, and, and it's a great point, Melissa, because I could find humor anywhere, and I encourage people to do that as well. Even in the book, I talk about you know, one of the worst moments of my life. In, in the book, I tell a story of being at my father's funeral and something that, that happened that I made into a funny situation. So instead of sort of cowering, wow, we're at a funeral, I can't believe we're going to laugh, no. It's an opportunity to laugh because every, everything presents something funny. Find it. Humor is, is a way of, of generating uh, greater happiness for you and for those around you.
0: Indeed. You know, Scott, it's funny you said that about the funeral thing. I've often said that I can make people laugh at a funeral and uh, i i don't that's mean awesome. that and i don't mean that in a crass way as you just explained there are fun things all around us and to speak of all the fun that that person who is now no longer with us uh, you know that he, that person brought into our lives and share funny i mean that's that's what it's all about isn't it
2: that's exactly what it's about in fact i'll even tell you the story very quickly i'm standing over my my father's coffin and um, it's it's right before everyone comes in. My brother's there, a couple of people are there, and my phone rings. So invariably, people would look like hey, the guy couldn't remember to mute his phone, or <laughs> or I can't believe his phone is ringing at the worst moment in his life. So instead of of me cowering, I actually reached in my pocket, grabbed the phone, put it to my ear, looking down at my dad, I'm like, "Hey, dad, <laughs> what are you up to? What's going on?" And everyone paused for half a second, not knowing if it was appropriate, and then everyone just burst out laughing. And there's an example of you know what. He was no worse off. We all laughed for a minute. We took a very bad negative situation and found happiness, found positivity, made people laugh. Wow, that's awesome. That's what I want other people to do. I'm
0: talking with author Scott White. He's on a mission to make everybody in the world happier one smile at a time. You know you can do it. It takes less muscles to smile. Sometimes I find myself grinning people looking at me, which you smiling about. Ah, Wouldn't you like to know? I have no idea. (laughs) I'm just smiling. But you need to pick up this book, The Life is Too Short Guy. It's a great roadmap for making the most out of every minute. Speaking of that, minutes matter. That's one of your chapters. Could you explain that a little bit?
2: Yes, the point here is not to tell people what to do with their minutes. Everyone makes their own judgments on how to use their minutes. My goal in this chapter is to, to evoke a, a sense of you only have so many minutes, and I explain it like this. When you're born, you have about 80 years in your life, plus or minus, just rounding. Your life expectancy is 80-ish. That's 42 million minutes. All right, I'm guessing most of your listeners are not newborns, so we're going <laughs> to just draw a line in the sand and say they're halfway through life, plus or minus 40 years old. So at 40 years old, you've got 21 million minutes left. Okay, you're going to sleep about a third of those now. You're down to 14 million minutes. What are you doing with those 14 million minutes? Do you know? I ask people, think about a barrel. Now, you can envision the barrel any way you want. For me, it's a wine barrel. And in that wine <laughs> barrel are little gold coins. And every time I do something, Melissa, I reach into the barrel, and I grab a gold coin out, and I realize that those minutes are finite. Am I using them to make myself happy, make myself feel fulfilled, make the world around me better? And if not, it's time to reassess how I'm using them. Again, no judgment. The book doesn't say use your minutes to do the following five things. No, you choose how you use your minutes. You may choose to use your minutes to sit around and watch TV all day. That's fine. That's great. If that's what makes you happy, wonderful. Don't let life pass you by. Don't let the minutes drip out of the bucket slowly or or quickly, not knowing where they went.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I love it. And uh, I'm glad you gave us all permission to sit around and watch TV if that's what makes us happy. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So who should read? Never makes you happy. (laughs) Right? Who should read this book, Scott White?
2: Everyone, literally everyone. I wrote it very deliberately Mm -hmm. to be a practical, approachable, easy-to-read storytelling format. It's not an academic work. It's not a theoretical work this is a day-to-day blocking and tackling. I'd say certainly anyone at a transition point in their life, somebody graduating high school, college, someone that's taking on a new job or leaving a job, a new city, a marriage, dealing with illness, death, those are all viable candidates. But the reality, Melissa, is everyone can live a happier life. And the book is written with everyone in mind.
0: And that philosophy just came from what, just living
2: life, Scott? Living life, exploring life, uh, ups and downs, there's no doubt I had setbacks and major moments in my life. When I was 10 years old, I remember my, my father had a heart attack, so Oof. you want know, to talk about an early life epiphany. I then was there on, on 9-11 in Lower Manhattan and watched the second plane hit the building and, and the buildings fall and everything that came from that. Both of my parents have passed, and, and each of these moments in my life were were i'd say grounding principles of this litzig philosophy that i call it but really it's been evolutionary over the 50 years of my life
0: fantastic where can we go and get more information on the life is too short guy book
2: so the book itself is available on amazon barnesandnoble.com and wherever fine books are sold if your local retailer doesn't have it they can order it so just ask them for it or you can get more info on the book the principles me i do speaking engagements at my website at
0: life 2 too short guy dot life short yes it is i hope y'all are smiling after hearing from scott white and myself there's no reason not to seriously your toes up that counts i know that much as long as you wake up every morning right scott i'm glad to be me that's it <laughs> hey thank you so much for the book there's so much great information in there please folks pick it up and scott white Don't be a stranger to the Florida Roundtable. We love you. Children's Home Society of Florida is celebrating 120 years of devoted service to children and families statewide. Before the invention of bubble gum with a Model T Ford, CHS was uniting Florida residents to come together and aid vulnerable children. Today, CHS is asking you to be a part of their storied history and help kids in this community. Become a volunteer, mentor, or community ambassador, or make a one-time or ongoing gift to help local efforts. To learn more, go to chsfl.org. January is National Train Your Dog Month, and dog owners, you can benefit from guidance on training and selection of a qualified and ethical dog trainer. Stay tuned, they will tell you how. According to new research conducted by the Certification Council for Professional Dog Trainers, or CCPDT, 93% of Americans have canine neighbors. However, 6 out of 10 people who responded to this independent survey conducted by Wakefield Research also said that a neighborhood dog has behavior issues like barking uncontrollably, escaping, or just needing better behavior training. The CCPDT is the leading certification body for the dog training profession. So, for National Train Your Dog Month, here are some tips that many dog parents could use. Maybe your pup barks, or jumps, begs, or otherwise could benefit from a few lessons in good manners. First and foremost, know that some adjustments also may have to be made to human behaviors and demeanor. For example, you may need to teach youngsters not to run near dogs, let your dog come to you, and learn when to be calm and respect their space. Simple training tips and techniques for leash walking, house training, and puppy nipping, for example, can be found online. Simply follow the guidance and be patient with your puppy. When you decide to consult or hire a professional trainer to help fine tune your dog's behavior, Make sure they have a certification such as the CPDT-KA and make sure they have experience with your breed and your concerns. You can find a directory of certified dog trainers by simply going to ccpdt.org.
8: World class fishing, crystal blue waters, endless sunshine. There's so much about Florida's waterways to enjoy. Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission encourages you to take part in the National Spring Aboard Campaign and take a boating safety course today. You can take the course in a classroom or online. Just make sure you take a course. The knowledge gained by taking a course will make you and your family and friends safer and allow you to have more fun out on the water. To learn more, visit Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission at myfwc.com. Yeah, remember when all phones sounded like that? Hey, it's Brian Mudd, and
3: I sure do. But you've got to go with the times, so go with Affinity Cellular. Affinity is offering up to three months free service and a free flip or smartphone with a 30-day guarantee. Happy with your current phone? That works, too. Get unlimited talk and text for as little as $15 a month. Get started right now at Affinity, with an A, cellular.com. Affinity Cellular. Everything
4: you need and and nothing you don't
0: Now, here's a kind of a goofball question, but we're going to throw it at you anyway. Would you lock someone you love in a cage? No, of course not. No, not you. I know what you're talking about, but no, not you either. But it's how people still do with their dogs sometimes. They crate them for hours, keep them isolated, sometimes for a whole day while, you know, you know who you are while you're at work. We're going to talk about that because it kind of, it's not a good thing. With that in mind, Rachel Bellis, the Associate Director of Local Affairs for PETA, the People for Ethical Treatment of Animals. Rachel, welcome to the Florida Roundtable.
13: Thanks for having me, Melissa. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Well, I appreciate this because I often have wondered about crating pets. I have uh, rescue dogs myself, and I never know how they're going to react when they first come into our situation, but... How is a crate different from, say, an open plate pan or a crib or even shutting them into a den? And How is that different?
13: Well, imagine being locked in a closet for hours on end or overnight, um, and you don't know what you did. You don't know why this has happened. You would probably feel scared, lonely, um, fearful. And this is exactly what dogs feel when they're locked inside of a crate for several hours. There is nothing positive about crating your dog. It's just a convenience tool for humans. And that's why it's really important that we're talking about this subject because people do crate their dogs for many, many hours a day. And there are so many other alternatives to, to having your dog safe and happy, but also safe within your home.
0: Now, I have friends that use the crate, but they keep it wide open. And the dog actually goes in there and lays down when he wants a break from the humans. So that's a different situation. (laughs) That is not what we're talking about here. We're talking about crating them, locking the front door, leaving the house, going away for hours. And then, uh, yeah, coming back and wondering why your dog is acting odd. So what are some of the other negative impacts, really, for crating? I mean, it's no socialization, right? Right.
13: Right, crated dogs often show signs of separation anxiety, even aggression, depression, hyperactivity. Like you said, if you leave the crate door open and your dog can come and go as they please, that's different. But um, otherwise, you're preventing them from enjoying life, engaging in normal dog activities. Um, if you need to restrict the space that they're in within your house. You can put up baby gates, um, make sure that your house is dog proof, leaving them with interactive toys like Kongs that you can put peanut butter in to keep them occupied, taking them for walks, always positive reinforcement training. So if you're doing any kind of training, always ending on a positive note. If you're working for hours outside of the home and can't come home to walk them, Ask a trusted friend or family member if you can afford to have a dog walker come in. Um, You know, just make sure that your dog is getting plenty of exercise and engaging and getting lots of walks. And these are all things that are going to keep your dog happy and healthy. Don't create your dog. There's There's nothing positive about creating your dog.
0: Okay. We're talking with Rachel Bellish. She's the Associate Director of Local Affairs for PETA. And we're talking about not crating your dogs, not using it for discipline, not using it for your convenience when you have to leave the house. I also noticed, though, that a lot of people try to use that for house training their dogs or their puppies. Uh, I don't understand why they would do that. How do people house train puppies without using a
13: crate? Well, okay, so people, yeah, people do use it for house training, but... Uh, Puppies that are under six months of age, they can't hold it. So even if you lock them in a crate and you think they're not going to go to the bathroom, they will go to the bathroom because they don't have a choice. Their their bodies aren't capable of, of holding it in, and so they are going to relieve themselves. Positive reinforcement training, lots of walks, lots of taking them outside, um, you can use those pee pads as well. I had a puppy. That's what I use. but I made sure that my puppy was going outside a lot. Now, if you're somebody who wants to bring a dog into your life, into your family, if you are working outside of your home for many hours and you don't have anybody that can come and walk them, you might think about not getting a puppy, getting a, adopting a dog that is already house-trained that might be a little bit older. Puppies are a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Yes, they and are amazing and they're fun, but they're a lot of work and it takes a lot of responsibility.
0: Right. And what we found post-pandemic, although some might argue with that pandemic post-stuff, um, that a lot of people were working from home and they bought a companion dog. And now they're being forced to go back mm-hmm. to the job. And uh, I've seen a lot of people uh, re- re- uh, retire their dogs, so to speak, hand them back in which I think is horrible. However, if you're out there, like Rachel just said, and you're looking for an animal, you might want to take a dog from a pound that's been already trained and is just waiting for love. And, I mean, that is just the best place to go. Now, Rachel, you mentioned... Yeah, yeah go ahead. Go ahead. Please.
13: No, I was going to. I was just going to reiterate what you said, Melissa, and, uh, that people did as they were at home and adoptions went up in shelters, and then when people had to go back to work... They didn 't have a plan in place, and so they ended up having to surrender that animal back to the shelter, which is sad. Obviously we don't want people holding on to animals that they're not going to have time for that they 're not going to care for, but it is people really need to think about it. these impulse adoptions they're they're not going to be beneficial down the road it, You really have to think about whether you have the time um the energy and and the finances to to have this animal in your family.
0: Uh-huh. Exactly. It's a, it's a commitment, folks. And the best thing they can do if they do get a dog though is to dog-proof their home. You did mention that earlier, but I wanted to probe a little bit more when you say dog-proof, what does that actually mean?
13: So, um Making sure that if you have plants, that the your dog can't get to the plants because they could be toxic. Making sure that your household cleaning products are safely stored away so your dogs can't get at them. Your garbage cans have lids on them so your dog can't get inside. Remote controls, shoes, socks. Uh, electrical wires, things like that, that could be very um, tantalizing for a dog, very interesting, making sure that they can't get to them. And like I said, if you do want to restrict where your dog goes in the house while you're away at work or out and about, you can put up a baby gate, put the baby gate in the dining room or in the family room. So your dog can move around. They have freedom. They can have fun. They can play with their toys, but they're not locked in a crate. It's a cage. Nobody wants to be locked in a cage.
0: I agree. I totally agree with that. Matter of fact, at our house, we use a couple of the baby gates, give them most of the kitchen, living room, and there's a sliding door with a doggy door where they can go out to the yard. Um, The only issue we have sometimes is sometimes the dogs will bark a little bit when we're not home. But we've trained them to try and get them to not do that. But then again, right, Rachel, they're dogs. Barking is kind of what they do here and there.
13: It is. It's like us talking. That's mm. what they do. They want to keep our home safe. They want to let people know that they're there. I have two chihuahuas that love to sit at the window and bark. <laughs> but, you know, this is, this is what they do. This is their entertainment and um, they're communicating and they're, keeping their home safe so let's talk
0: quickly about the five keys rachel to a happy healthy dog what are those
13: five keys walks lots of exercise dog proof your home get um uh interactive toys like i mentioned kongs that you can put peanut butter in them always positive reinforcement training um, and you know, taking them on walks, if you can't get home, have a trusted friend or family member come in and do that for you. But above all, do not
0: crate your dog for hours and hours on end. It's, it's not stimulating them at all. If anything, it's giving them depression, anxiety, separation, anxiety. They can even become hyperactive when they are finally let out and they just go on a rampage because they've been crated all day. I mean, it just makes sense to That's me. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you think about mm-hmm. it, if it was you or a child, perhaps, like a three-year-old, you wouldn't do that to them, would you? That wouldn't make any sense. Rachel uh, is from PETA. She's the Associate Director of Local Affairs. How long have you been working with them, Rachel?
13: I am um, I will celebrate 10 years in April. Oh,
0: thank you so much. Oh, wow, that is good stuff. Yeah. Well, I do appreciate you helping us out today as we talk about uh, animals. we got a lot of animal interviews going on today, so... Uh, you know, veterinary things where they've had a lot of advancements and now a little bit of information. Because your dog is your best friend, not your prisoner. Mm-hmm. Rachel, thank you so much. It's Rachel Bellis joining us right now on the Florida Round Table. It's been a pleasure talking with you.
13: You as well, Melissa. Thank you.
0: You're listening to the Florida Talk and Entertainment Network.
8: Have fungus gnats invaded your potted plants? Control these pests with BTI, the active ingredient in Summit Responsible Solutions, mosquito bits. This naturally occurring bacterium kills mosquito larvae, and it also kills fungus gnat larvae in potting soil. Just follow the easy instructions on the label. Mosquito bits are harmless to people, plants, and wildlife. Summit Mosquito Bits are available at garden centers, hardware stores, and at summitresponsiblesolutions.com.
3: Hal Lindsey said that a person can live 40 days without food, four days without water, but only one second without hope. The world can knock us down and suck the hope right out of us. Personal challenges, stress, loss, and pain, they're enough to make us spiral into despair and just want to give up. If that's how you feel, I get it. But when the Bible speaks of hope, it means a deep-rooted confidence in God's character that we can trust Him to do what He says He will do. This living hope can be ours through faith in a resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ. Regardless of our circumstances, the hope we have in Jesus strengthens us today and gives us a firm foundation for tomorrow. This is Bryant Wright, hoping that you find real hope in Jesus, speaking Right From My Heart.
1: For more on this and other topics, visit rightfromtheheart.org.
8: A public service message from the National Pest Management Association. Talking. You've been listening to the Florida Roundtable, a news and public affairs presentation of the Florida News Network. The views and opinions expressed during this program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of this station's management, ownership, or sponsors. For questions or comments, write to floridaroundtable at fnnonline.net.